Coming up on episode 126 of Appetite for Distortion, we'll be speaking with writer-actors Rob Janis and Kevin Fleming. One of the great things on their resume, writing the Looney Tunes episode that included Axl Rose. Rob himself wrote the song Rock the Rock. We're going to get all the behind the scenes of just how this came together. Welcome to the podcast. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? This is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando, episode 126. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen, whether it be on iHeartRadio, on AlternativeNation.net, Spreaker, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, however you listen. Thank you so much because it's so hard to get great content nowadays. There's so much out there, not just with the millions of podcasts that keep growing and growing every year now that it's you know it's cool to do a podcast uh but just with all the streaming services and you know not just of course uh, not just to mention all the the real life experiences that you can have <laughs> like going to concerts of course uh but this is another episode that I you're not going to hear anywhere else an interview you're not going to hear anywhere else and that's something that I take pride in so coming up in, in just a few uh, we're going to meet the guys who are responsible for this. Do you remember that? I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Axl Rose appeared on the new Looney Tunes cartoon, uh, which is on the uh, Boomerang channel. And it was cool that there was a member of the online Guns N' Roses fan community that was... Just randomly watching uh, the new Looney Tunes. Uh, unlike me, who just is a 35-year-old who still watches cartoons but was watching it with, I forget, his or her son or daughter, uh, and just taped it off their phone. And just within minutes or hours, it went viral. And then we got – it was confirmed that, yes, Axl Rose was on uh, the new Looney Tunes cartoon. So coming up, we're going to speak to uh, the writer – of that song and the writers of that episode, uh, Rob Janis, I believe that's how you say his last name, and uh, Kevin Fleming. And I just hit him up on Twitter. And that, that's how, how it all manifested. You know, it's just, it's beautiful how these episodes sometime, uh, sometimes come together. And I just can't wait to, to speak with them both and to get the behind the scenes of how our beloved Axel Rose was teaming up with our beloved Bugs Bunny. Where what kind of world is this? I love it. It's, it's so it's so brilliant. So I believe um, one of them is calling up right now. Hey, it's Rob Janice. How are you? Hey, uh, Rob. Well, you answered my first question was how to uh, pronounce your last name, Janice. Oh yeah, just Janice, just like a girl's name. Oh, but, okay, Janice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? Uh, I appreciate you giving me your time. Oh, of course. I'm good. Thanks for having us on. It'll be fun to talk about. 
I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so do you want to wait for Kevin, or do you want to have him awkwardly join us at some point? <laughs> He'd probably join us at 1.30. You know, he said he was calling you in a minute. Of course, I was like, well, I'm going to wait two minutes, because usually I'm the one who has to call first. Oh, okay. <laughs> right on. So you said you're calling from different time zones. So I'm assuming 818, you're out in L.A. right now? Yeah, I'm in L.A. He's in Chicago visiting some family. Oh. Oh, that's the only, that's the only reason. Usually he lives in L.A. as well. But, oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, we can bond over. My, my girlfriend is from Chicago, and she's actually oh, nice. going home uh, this weekend. Oh, sweet. Where's she from? Right area. Uh, Chicago I, proper, or is it a suburb? It's a suburb outside. I feel like yeah. if you said it, I'd be... I pay attention to everything she says, if she ever asks, but I forget <laughs> the name of the town. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm the exact same way. I don't, even, I don't even know where my wife is from, honestly. <laughs> That's funny. No, I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this could also... Sometimes I do this, like an awkward, um, or not so awkward, because you seem to have a great rapport right away, uh, intro to my interviews. Yeah. Because I, sure. you know, instead of like yes, no questions, I like to have an organic conversation. Yeah, it's cool. Awesome, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I imagine you you probably want to focus, or your your listeners want to focus on the Guns and Roses aspect, and that. So we're prepared. <laughs> well, I kind of balance it out, to be honest, you with you, because uh, okay. I've been in. I'm 35. I've been in radio uh, since college. Uh, yeah. And I've done like FM stuff. I work, you know, I, I, as you can probably tell from the email, I work for, for iHeart now. And with this podcast, it kind of just started with a friend. And when he suggested, yeah. let's do a, you know, a podcast about Guns N' Roses, I was like, why? You know, <laughs> they're my favorite band, but can, can I, yeah. t- how long can I talk about them? So as it yeah. evolved, and my co host, even though we're still friends, he just got too busy and couldn't do it. It's, yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know if you're a sports guy, but if, I think this is him calling in right now. Uh, okay. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Brendan. How are you? I'm doing great. We have your, your friend uh, Rob on the line. Hi, Kevin. I've never heard of him. Hi, Rob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Sorry, it. I'm late. I apologize. No, all good. We were just kind of schmoozing, and you know, I may or may not include some of that uh, portion, Rob, in the actual interview, but I, I can bond just with you because sure. you're... <laughs> Just make sure that you include that, you, that I schmooze better than Kevin, and that you like me more. Yeah. Okay. Kevin. Put well, that, definitely put that. In. It's it's all on on, on record. Over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you guys covered it all, so that's cool. And I've I'll already told you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for your time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, we were we were just um I was well a I'll just say that because you're in Chicago, right? I am just uh, just for a couple of days here, yeah. Okay, because uh, I like to, I don't know, with the podcast world and, and show where all the, like the reach that we have. Because uh, yesterday I just recorded an episode with the lead singer of Soul Asylum. He was in L.A., I believe, but I had a co-host, a listener of the show, who skyped all the way from India. So, oh wow, that kind of ties into what I was just about to say to you, Rob, is that I, I would be bored talking about Guns N' Roses for. I mean, yes, this podcast is kind of like a, a hobby, but it's also my career. I would get bored. So I don't know if you guys are sports uh, fans, but if you listen to like a sports station, I guess if you're both kind of from L.A., of course you'll turn to this local sports station and you'll hear about the Lakers, right? But of course you'll, you'll hear about another sport, the Dodgers. Or you may hear about something completely different, uh, Tiger Woods or domestic violence if it relates, mental health if it relates. So I kind of do the same thing. With Guns N' Roses. Yeah, we can have a full episode talking about GNR, 
Uh, but there are episodes where it's kind of just a loose affiliation that kind of fits our six degrees of Guns N' Roses bacon kind of kind of thing. So to both you and, and uh, Kevin Fle- uh, to Rob Janis, like a girl, I'm sorry, you said it first. No, that's all right. And, uh, <laughs> and Kevin Fleming, um, I want to learn about you guys, too, in addition to, of course, you know, the Axl Rose episode, which we're going to get into. So maybe could, we could start that you're both, I know you both were writers for the new Looney Tunes um, uh, episodes, right? Or you, you're not currently working on the show? Not currently, no. We're, we're done. Uh, our, uh, our, ran, our run ended. We did uh, three seasons, and now we've moved on. We're working on a, a Lego show now, Lego City Adventure. Uh, I, I feel yeah. like you guys are living the dream. Cause I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing radio by default because cartoons are my love. I, I, I grew up, of course, on the regular Looney Tunes, and I'm, I don't even want to talk about like, the Simpsons and Family Guy stuff, but just like old school cartoons, Huckleberry, Huckleberry Hounds and, you know, the Pink Panther. Uh, but researching you guys, you're both actors. So how did – I don't know who wants to take the first um, stab at it. How did you – is that just the path of an actor that you'll go and, and take a writing job? Because it's not like it's a comic strip. Well, you guys are writing new Looney Tunes. Yeah. Well, you start by being really bad actors and, and failing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you're like, well, this isn't going to work. What other uh, uh, realm of entertainment can I try and succeed at? So uh, <laughs> at least that's my that's my take on it. Kevin, I don't know if you have a take. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know, my, my career is thriving. I mean, uh, I am, uh, and by that I mean I'm doing nothing. <laughs> uh, I, we, both Rob and I uh, came up, uh, well, Rob's a little different. He, he's very intelligent. He went to Northwestern. He was, uh, uh, he studied and, you know, did theater and, and opera. He was, uh, he did opera. He was, he was the, uh, the real deal. Um, but he and I met doing improv in Chicago. Okay. Uh, and this was kind of in the late 90s, early 2000s. And so when you're an improviser, you're an actor and you're also sort of a writer because you're writing lines of dialogue um, in different points of view if you're playing different characters uh, kind of all the time. You know, when you're doing a scene, you're not just acting in a scene, but you are also writing all the dialogue kind of simultaneously. So... I guess I would say that's kind of where it started. From there, you know, you just kind of create content. Um, you create characters and, you know, you create scenes, sketches. Um, Rob and I met doing, um, like I said, improv in Chicago at a theater called uh, IO. It used to be called Improv Olympic and now okay. it's called IO. And um, Rob did a residency on the uh, ETC stage and I uh, did some stuff over there. Um, but again, um, that's kind of where it started. And when you're an improviser, an actor, you just kind of create and you put it up and it is an easier transition than being just an actor running in and, uh, and, uh, trying to write something because you've had a few years of, uh, practice of kind of coming up with different points of view and, and, uh, different dialogue. And, and the really helpful thing is you kind of know what works and what's funny just from audience interaction. You know, you're like, Oh, this is a fun thing. And this is getting a response. So, I think that helps, and that's kind of how the the transition um, happened. Right? That, Does that sound legit? That was I couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. 
Is that near uh, Second City at all? Because uh, I've, I've famously heard of that with a lot of these Saturday Night Live uh, characters and improv coming up in, in Chicago. Is that close to that, just so I can kind of get my bearings? The I.O. The IO Theater. Well, we worked at, we worked at I.O. It was in a different neighborhood in Chicago. Okay. And then, uh, like Kevin said, we, we, were, we worked at Second City and oh, okay. wrote a couple of shows there. And uh, Kevin also worked there and wrote some shows. So, you know, we just to follow up on what he said, I think, you know, when you, when you're an improviser, like you say, we're not just acting, we're writing on our feet and, and we're creating these kind of the way we improvised or we eventually learned is uh, we improvised long form pieces. So we would have characters and we would often follow them through, you know, three beats of, of their, of their lives and create worlds. And it was honestly very, similar to the animation world and that we could kind of go anywhere and do anything because there were no, we didn't need props. We didn't need anything but two chairs, you know? So we were always, we could do, we'd have guns and go to different countries or space or whatever. It was always kind of at our fingertips. So I think that's kind of why we did gravitate towards writing because it was, it's just essentially improvising on the page, you know, and, we would get into a room and come up with uh, scenarios and premises and kind of really at times improvise together and at, or at times write alone or pass the script back and forth and, and write together. So it was the, the training of improvisation was, was really helpful to, to writing in the animated world. To follow up and kind of hit your second city uh, question, the time that we came up with a really fun time in Chicago and in improv in general and you had a lot of you had a lot of people who are um, I, I don't want to say who are, who are well known how about that who are well there sorry there are people who are well known who are drop uh, some uh, names Kevin just people. drop some names no, no, <laughs> I just sound so cool <laughs> <laughs> we would see like you know being around and kind of coming up in the in the scene and, you know, up on stage, you're watching Tina Fey and Adam McKay, who is the director of, um, you know, Anchorman, sure. and all those wonderful movies. So you'd see all these amazing people. And there were so many talented people running around that uh, time in Chicago that, you know, now they, they go on to successful careers as, uh, um, you know, late night talk show hosts, whether it be like Seth Meyers or any of those guys or. Um, writers in animation like Rob Janis and Kevin Fleming and Matt Craig. <laughs> Second City, who's a writer on the show, who's a producer of uh, the Looney Tunes show and the guy who basically brought us in. But we can get to that um, as we go on. But yeah, so it was a really fun time. And you get to see all these amazing, talented people and you get to perform with them. And, you know, you kind of, it was just a really interesting time. And I'm not saying it's not interesting now. I, I don't know what the scene is like in Chicago, but uh, at the time it was a little bit smaller. Improv wasn't so predominant and so all over the place. So a lot of people had to move to Chicago back then right. to, um, you know, kind of get their feet wet on it. So it yeah. Fun. yeah, no, that, that makes sense completely. Uh, did you guys kind of bond? Because as we go along this journey and what this I like doing about this podcast <laughs> is to see, yeah. you know, where we all kind of came from and then follow that arc to see wherever that J&R tie is because – I want to just basically sure. create world peace through Guns N' Roses. I guess I don't think it's too much <laughs> to ask. Perfect. So I, I'm just curious, like, what did you both want to be when you 
grew up. I mean, you're you're kind of living the dream as it is. But I can say you know, people can say the same thing to me. Maybe I'm living my dream working in radio. But growing up, I wanted to be you know a professional wrestler for WWF. But I'm five six oh, and yeah. Jewish. That's just not gonna. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Uh, but be a manager, you can manage somebody. This is this is very true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, or I wanted to maybe be a sportscaster, like to be more realistic. But the the rock thing took me over. The actual love of radio took over. So, what was your path? What were you into that kind of you know propelled you to where you both are today? Like what? Like, what, like what kind of kid were you? Like what? Like what did you want to be? I guess when you did you want to be a writer? Did you want to be an actor? Like a cartoon? I mean, did you were you um, anything in the rock no. world that you you lived the dream working with Axl Rose? You know that kind of you know what, what was Little I, Rob and it, Little Kevin like? Boy, what a that's a good question. Well, I I mean, if I tracked it all the way back, I don't think I even wanted to be in entertainment. To be honest, I probably wanted to do some sort of sporting, you know, play second base for the Cubs or something. Sure. But, um, I think in uh, I got into drama in high school, and you know, I mean, I think that's where most people get into it that's their entree you know is uh they're in the high school play and they think it's cool or whatever and i think i for a long time wanted to be an actor and um kind of in college i got uh kind of drafted into the improv group uh a little bit and once i started to do that i mean i was horrible at first because i mean i would watch these people improvise and i just it was like magic to me i didn't understand how they were working without a script or any of that stuff so I uh, I started to really enjoy uh, creating my own material on the spot and writing and stuff. So um, I don't I don't know if it was I think it changed. You know I mean I think it started I was going to be an actor and I was a big fan of Shakespeare and then I could sing and I could do opera and musicals and stuff. But it sort of changed as it went through. And honestly, I mean it. If I was being completely self-deprecating, I'd say, like, that didn't really work out. So I tried improv, and that that <laughs> worked out for a while. And then the acting part started to not work out. So then I'm like, well, I better start writing because that's not working out. So then I started writing, and that's been working out right now. Now, who knows what's going to happen in six months. Hopefully that continues to work out. Mm-hmm. But So basically um, – I feel like I've failed at a lot of things and I'm finally found a bit of a groove here with the, with the writing of the cartoons. So hopefully uh, that continues. Um, I know that's kind of a long answer to your question, but uh, I, it was a long question. So it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just in general enjoy, I enjoy working in entertainment. I think it's a fun business and I'm, and uh, so I, I'm just trying, I've been trying to find areas where I could be successful. And honestly, if you want me to be a blunt answer, it's just to make, you know, make enough money to live on. You know, I think that's a big, a big issue. Uh, So when we've been good, we've been fortunate, really fortunate to be able to make, uh, you know, someone of a living here in the cartoon world. So that's it. I I completely identify with that. It's the same. I had no idea I'd be doing a rock, uh, Guns N' Roses podcast on iHeartRadio <laughs> talking about uh, Looney, yeah. the Looney Tunes episode of, of uh, Axl Rose, uh, the Axl Rose episode of Looney Tunes. Uh, I just never thought it would happen. I just liked radio, and, and I'm following the path, and I'm just enjoying it. Thankfully, I can pay my bills. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, uh, well, it's funny because we never thought it would happen either. I mean, we, we would, in a million years, we never would have thought we would have been writing Bugs Bunny and having Axl Rose on. I mean, it was a complete 
shock, really, that it happened. So, but anyway, I'm talking a lot. Kevin, why don't you talk about your boyhood dream? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I mean, similar to Rob in that way of just uh, probably wanted to be a sports type, wanted to play football and then become a football coach or something like that. And then, uh, but I always did like, you know, TV and movies. And really what I like to do is just kind of laugh. I like to goof around with my uh, buddies in grammar school and high school. And, uh, you know, I mean, I always, I would just love it when you're like goofing around with your buddies and you're just laughing so hard that you're like, I'm about to pee my pants. I'm laughing so hard. So I just thought that was super fun. And then in college, I was, uh, I studied communications. I never really did um, theater. Um, although I took a class that they did some improv and, uh, I was like, yeah, that's interesting. And then, uh, after, um, right before I graduated, a friend of mine and I from high school, uh, we were going to take a class at second city. That's kind of how you could have gotten started back then because our goal was to, uh, I thought I'd graduate and probably live back home with my folks for a little while. I looked for a job or even live in Chicago, but my buddy and I were going to go, we wanted to, um, do the, uh, our high school, Andrew High School, we wanted to broadcast their football games. Like we wanted to do like the local Orland Park, Illinois high school football games. And we thought, hey, if we have a second city class, we could just walk into the cable place and say, let us, we'll have fun. Let us do the, you know, play-by-play and let us broadcast the high school football games. And he ended up uh, actually getting drafted for baseball. So he bailed uh, on this class and I tried to get my money back and I couldn't. And I was like, I don't want to do this class. And I, instead, <laughs> I took one and, and it was a lot of fun, and then uh, and I auditioned for something to get a little bit further along in Second City in the in the training center, and then, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I, I mean, I always thought it would be fun, and I always thought it would be really cool to have something to create with your friends that other people enjoyed, whether it be on theater or on television or something like that, so yeah, that was kind of, uh, but I mean, I always liked comedy and, and, and acting in a way, I just never really did a lot of it until kind of after I graduated. I identify with that as well. I mean, you both are my, my people because that's all I kind of wanted yeah, to do was to make someone laugh. I mean, the world has so few Jewish comedians. I, I just <laughs> I didn't want to go that route per, per se. But when I joined radio in college, I just liked my little humor in talking in between songs. And it's just evolved yeah. uh, since then. So, yeah, I, I, I like making people laugh. So that's why I sprinkled that yeah. in, you know, with the... Uh, the GNR stuff as well. Um, did Good. you? Did you? I'm assuming you both grew up watching the Looney Tunes like I did. I mean, is this like that has to be a major dream? Is that where? I don't know. Was that the first big gig that you both got writing, or was there something before then? Before then? Well, Kevin, Kevin had his own t- a local TV show. You should talk about that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So when I was in Chicago and Rob was there too, but Rob was kind of doing a stage at Second City back then, and, and we weren't really I'm a working. Purist. I only do often. stage. I only do stage in Chicago. No, no television. <laughs> 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 I don't like we money. Just, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we had this TV show uh, that was out of Chicago, but that it was uh, syndicated. This was back kind of before. Hulu and uh, Amazon and uh, Netflix and all that. And uh, this is about 10, 15, you know, maybe 15 years ago now. And it was called Sports Action Team. And uh, it was myself and uh, a woman who ended up uh, becoming my wife and my little brother, uh, who is also a performer. And he wasn't that little at the time. I don't know why I said little, a younger brother. <laughs> and uh, a couple other guys um, in Chicago. And uh, it was on NBC affiliates, and it was syndicated oh, nice. by MGM. 
and it was kind of a semi-scripted show where we were like B-level ESPN wannabe reporters, and we would kind of uh, – it was similar to Reno 911, if you ever watch that TV show on yeah. Comedy Central, where sure. you have a kind of an ensemble, a group of people, and then you'd have kind of a rough storyline that you kind of revisit, but then in between that, you would go to like little vignettes. To them, it was them kind of like with other actors uh, improvising kind of scenarios that they would arrest people or whatever. But with ours, we had like real athletes and we would kind of, they would always be in on the joke and we would just have fun with them. So we would, we would like go out and I don't know, we have like, some, this is back, like I said about, this is when the NFL was first on NBC because after a couple of seasons, they're like, you know, in the West coast specifically, we have kind of dead air after the games, before the local news, you just kind of fill with like, you know, Dateline reruns or whatever and catch a predator stuff. And I'm like, let's be something fun that's sports themed and comedic. And so we pitched him this thing and it was on about, I don't know, 80% of the country in Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Miami, Philly, all over the place. And it was super fun. And we'd have Randy Moss and, um, oh boy, at the time, Kurt Warner, I, I'm trying to think like we had some really big people and now it's all, I'm all, I'm blanking. Is it still we, available? You know, Carson Palmer. Oh, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer threw that Carson ball at your, uh, at, your, at your brother's nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had like Jay Feely, who was a Giants kicker and is yeah. now a broadcaster. Curtis Granderson, who played baseball for the Yankees yep. for a while. We had Tom Glavin. Mm, we, had, wow. uh, we had a bunch of fun people, you know. Um, is this available yeah. still? Yeah, Can on, I watch this? Yeah, it's on. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Um, I think it's a rent it though or buy it. I don't know, but it's we had two seasons it's of it. It's worth it. It's worth it. What is it? Five ninety nine. I've already bought it. it. I haven't bought it yet, so you're one step ahead of me. <laughs> I, Let's share your password, Rob. Brandon. We'll all share your password. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's called Sports Action Team. That's super fun. So yeah, that was uh, what we were doing for a few years, and then. Uh, but, I mean, i got to be honest, like, I, Looney Tunes was great. Uh, it was funny uh, as a kid, but I certainly, um, you know, I mean, there were other cartoons at the time that I probably liked more. I probably liked, you know, Dungeons and Dragons as a kid more than I did Looney Tunes. Not okay. that you ever dissed Looney Tunes. They're the best. But um, certainly, you know, it was... Uh, well, yeah, some other ones. No, sure. I, w- I would love to hear because, again, I'm a, I'm a huge cartoon nerd. Yeah, I, I mean, love Dungeons honest, and Dragons. That's the guy with the shield, and the shield would protect everything. That was his only power. And then another was a swordsman. Is that the one you're thinking yeah. of? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ralph Most. Yes, I Ralph think. Ralph was the voice of that one dude. I, 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 oh, really? Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Had a lot of voiceovers. Oh, yeah. That's cool. There was another one that I liked where it was like when video was real popular, and I think it was called for my video to my radio or something like that. Huh. I don't remember. It was on NBC, and the gag was there's the a band of real people, of kids, and they got sucked into a cartoon somehow. That was a big thing back then in the 80s. Like, it was normal kids getting sucked into cartoons, like, just like Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it's like kids playing Dungeons and Dragons. Kids are in a band. Yeah. All of a sudden, they get sucked into cartoons. So for some reason, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, but I also liked wrestling as a kid, so I watched that um, oh, cool. wrestling cartoon, and uh, those were all super fun. But certainly, like Rob said, I never thought I would write for Looney Tunes. I never really, you know... But it was it's awesome. I mean, it was really cool. I mean, I loved Porky Pig as a little kid. Like as a like a really little kid, I slept with a Porky Pig doll. Aww. Um So that was really cool. And I was super persuasive. Still do. Porky Pig. <laughs> <laughs> I still do. <laughs> oh, Rob! Thank God that uh, 
Uh, I was but never, some of those writers' rooms, we go late. He has to sleep. He has to go home and get the pig. It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that, like, when I when we started writing for Bugs Bunny, how well I kind of felt like I knew him. You know, because hmm. I was a big fan of those, the, the classic ones, like the What's Opera Doc or the um, right, the Barbara Seville one, uh, or any of the. Any of the Daffy, you know, Daffy Robin Hood was always a big. Oh, brilliant! Those were brilliant. Yeah, I mean they were amazing, and I it was I just it was almost like we, I knew having grown up with them it was almost like they were like a part of me and somehow because I, I never felt all that. Um, I mean it was tough. I mean of course it was challenging to write the show, but you know, I always felt like we kind of had their voices in our head in my and at least in my head for uh, from as, from when i was a kid so uh, yeah all, all that, that history was, was tough to shake yeah yeah that was the best I think our, our show really too was uh we were trying to get back to the originals you know we, they were like we and i don't i don't think it was they wanted uh it was it has a different iteration the, the show before ours was the the Looney Tunes show. Ours was the new Looney Tunes right. show. I I know very different titles, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the uh, the one before ours was more of like a sitcom thing. It was a very funny show, but the the this the, this format was more like half hour sitcom, and they all kind of were a fam in a in a um, in a house, living in a house together, and and the shenanigans they would come up with. So it was a little bit different. Um, and in that one, Bugs was more of a straight man, and that he was kind of the the Sam Malone on Cheers, or the, uh, you know, I don't know, I, I, I'm who, who's the dude on Arrested Development? Jason Baton on Arrested Development. Okay. You know, everybody else around him was crazy. So in ours, one of our, uh, one of our assignments really was to kind of make it, let's, you know, make bugs, you know, get back to making him uh, do more bits and have have more fun and be, be funnier. Uh, than he was allowed to be uh, on the other show. So, and, and it was trying to harken back to the older uh, cartoons from the, the the classic days of the 40s and 50s. Yeah, and then I remember that because yeah. again, I'm an adult who watches Boomerang, so I I do uh, I I remember the both versions, and I liked your your version, especially the animation is always so important. You know, in addition to the writing. Uh, and I guess like the animation fit the writing in the new Looney Tunes cartoons. I'm I'm curious before, of course, we get into the Axel stuff. What's the process to to get to get on a cartoon like that? Do you have to submit a an episode, a story? Like, how do you audition uh, to be a writer on on the Looney Tunes? I can't believe that I'm going to say this because uh, like when people would tell me this as a young kid in high school or in college, I'd roll my eyes and be like, whatever. They're like, hey, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Make sure. connections. Mm. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> and then this friend of ours, this guy that we did stuff with in Chicago that we performed with in L.A. in an improv group together, which we still do uh, in Los Angeles, Rob and I and Matt and a couple other people. He got a job like just writing on this show. And he met somebody through improv, and they're like, hey, would you be interested in this? And then he did it for a little while, and then all of a sudden he got promoted. And um, he got in a position where he could hire some people. And so he reached out to Rob and I and a handful of other uh, improvisers from Chicago that we all kind of worked together with and moved out to L.A. around the same time. And Rob and I wrote a few things, and they liked them. They liked the episodes. And 
Then the second season, they brought us on full-time, and the third season full-time, where they got rid of kind of the freelance. We were kind of freelancing that first season along with some other people towards the second half of the season. So uh, that's kind of how it all happened is just, you know, we were at the, we just knew the right guy who um, got the job at the right time. One thing about Bugs Bunny, real quick, I just want to say this. Yeah. I saw a tweet the other day, and I thought that was interesting. Like, first of all, I, I agree with what Rob was saying. Like, it was so much easier to write for like iconic voices because they're just like you know what Bugs Bunny's going to do or Daffy's going to do at least in this version of uh, Looney Tunes but someone wrote that like you know Bugs Bunny would be totally cool and chill and then someone would do something to him and he would come back at them like a thousand times worse than how they stepped up to him and they said that he was basically the old school John Wick I thought that was pretty funny that like that kind of read movie John Flick. I was like, or you know, I was like, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. He's like, he he is. He someone also said this too. Like everyone thinks that they're Bugs Bunny. Like they think they would be cool in a situation, but really everybody's Daffy Duck. Like, everybody is like, you know, doesn't know what the hell they're doing. It's crazy and it's angry and they don't know what the hell is going on. So that's a really that's good point. Right about those guys. Yeah, I think that's that really explains why Daffy is my favorite Looney Tune character. Why I identify yeah. with him more. I mean, they're both a bit of a socio sociopath, but uh, yeah, da- Daffy is friggin' angry man, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like that. Yeah, Daffy, it's messed up. So uh, I love it. Yeah. So I couldn't find. I want to play for. I'm, I'm sure many people have already seen the uh, the Axl Rose Looney Tune episode and how it started. It's funny in the. Guns N' Roses community, because, of course, doing this podcast now, I get involved in talking to listeners in different fan groups. Uh, this one father was watching Looney Tunes with his kid, and he posted, you know, off a cell phone video, uh, watching it, you know, just a, a tube TV. It wasn't good quality. And the next thing you know, it gets shared and shared and shared, and then it's viral. And it just blew up. Like, Axel, this is... And we all knew. Like, is this really Axel? As soon as he spoke... All fans, everybody knew that it was actually Axl Rose. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever because somebody who really doesn't do interviews, doesn't do a lot of press, just randomly shows up in a cartoon and it's just kind of caught on like wildfire. And, of course, the um, the song Rock to Rock, Rock the Rock, uh, came out after the official video. And now we know officially Axl Rose was on Looney Tunes. So for those who, who may not – because unless you guys can tell me different, I couldn't find a good quality version of the dialogue, not the song, because the song is up there. Um, and I just want to play it, and and then I kind of just want to know how this all happened, you know, because I sure. it just boggles my mind. Any of you guys know where the Civic Center's at? Because we're doing a rock concert tonight. Rose? I hope so, because I'm wearing his underwear. I thought he was able to get that lead singer of Guns N' Roses. I am, but my real passion is steel underpants. Sorry, Axel, but there's not going to be a concert tonight. Yeah, there is. I wrote it on my hand. See? No, there's no concert tonight because an asteroid is about to blow up the Earth. That's a bummer, man, because I bought new speakers, too. Those speakers look like they can do some damage. They'll blow your house down, little piggy. In fact, when those speakers are turned up full volume, my band can shake mountains to the ground. Hmm. Are you guys thinking what I'm thinking? That I should go back to wearing a mesh jersey and a kilt on stage again? No. 
<laughs> I don't even know where to. I guess where to start is how did this happen? How did this facilitate? Who, who do we need to hug and thank for getting Axel involved? Did he reach out? Did someone reach out to him? Take it away. Um, well, Kevin, I I think it starts with you. I mean, I, the impetus when we when oh. you went to the concert, right? Yeah, um, actually, my brother and I went to GNR. This is the first time they came back um, a few years ago, right? And this is their big thing. And um, you notice that they came out to the Looney Tunes theme song, right? So they came out. That's how they walked out on stage. Yes. If you remember, this is the tour like four or five years ago. So Rob and I then went to a concert in L.A. at Dodger Stadium, and it was awesome, amazing. Same thing, right? So it's like at first I thought, like, yeah, yeah maybe it's just the venue that, that chose the song. But then they're like, came out to that and and that's kind of where we got the ball rolling we were sitting in our office one day and at the time you know we were cranking out like two outlines a week and that's how kind of the the show would be written which is two episodes a week we're cranking out and this is you know getting towards the i don't know man 300 ish number and we were both sitting there and, and we were both like let's do stuff that's fun like wouldn't it be cool to meet x y and z like who are the people that we want to meet we wanted to meet Axel Rose. We wanted to meet Mike Ditka, which hmm. we kind of did already. We wanted to meet Rick <laughs> Flair. Rick Flair. Nice. All these fun people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and so that's kind of how it started. We had a poster actually up in our office randomly. It was like, oh, I don't know. Like we had a we have a Rocky Three poster up with Mr. T and you know Sly Stallone, and we have uh, David Lee Roth. Uh, what is that album from, Rob? Skyscraper. Skyscraper. <laughs> Skyscraper album. Just like Paradise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we got this awesome Guns N' Roses poster up, and we were just like, I don't know, maybe Rob or I were just like, it'd be cool to get Axl Rose in an episode, wouldn't it? And like, yeah, it would be fun. And that's kind of how it started. We just wrote something, um, you know, we had this idea. Well, we had, we uh, had a, we were, we were, the next part was trying to figure out an idea for him. I mean, it was, you know, like Kevin said, we, we, we did act, manage to execute a number of, uh, of, of fun people to get on the show. Like Axel, we had Snoop Dogg on hmm. a different episode. I don't think that's aired. We had uh weird Al, weird Al Yankovic episode. Oh, so, but we, uh, we, you know, we had a whiteboard in our office and we would always, you know, scribble up, um, different ideas on the, on the board. And uh, I think one that one that had been living up there for a while that we hadn't written, we just hadn't figured it out was uh, the Looney Tunes gang is, has to destroy an asteroid. And um, so it, it had been up there. And I think we thought, you know, uh, I don't know how we came up with it. You know, you're sitting in there, you're always writing and writing and thinking and, and, and just ideas. Once you get into a groove, you're just, you start to kind of just things start to pop because you're thinking in that world. And so I think we thought, well, what if, you know, they, the, the asteroid is coming to earth and we're like, how are we going to destroy it? And I think we came up with the idea like, well, Axel Rose comes down and uh, is comes over and <laughs> sings so loud. He rocks so hard that his, his uh, yeah. music literally saves the world. You know, the, I think the, we were joking Grayson, around. And, Roses yeah, we were <laughs> Yeah, we were joking around of like, well, I mean, the only thing more powerful than a laser beam is rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, because that was and the 80s, completely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. 
So uh, like Kevin was saying, I mean, obviously, I, I, he, was, he was describing our posters. I mean, clearly we're children of the 80s, you know. Right on. <laughs> Daily Roth, Roxy 3. And we kind of, I mean, at least me, I, I don't want to speak for Kevin, but in my, in my head, I, was, I kind of wanted to, like, because we were writing on a kid's show, and we were writing for Bugs Bunny, who we loved as kids, and I kind of wanted stuff around me that reminded me of when I was a kid. So I like to put the David Lee Roth thing, and I had a, and Kevin did Rocky Three. I had like an old James Bond poster, uh, uh, Never Sin Ever Again with Sean Connery. It was the first James Bond movie that I'd seen in the theater, you know, and, and Pepe Le Pew on our show uh, was James Bond. Basically. I mean, not James Bond, but a, J- a secret agent type. Okay. So we kind of had like, we had like, you know, it was like inspirational. Stuff. Yeah, like I had a Notre Dame poster up because I love Notre yeah. Dame. We wrote a, basically like a Rudy parody where Porky Pig tries out for a football team. And then we had Sean Aston who played Rudy in uh, the movie. Yeah. He played himself in the in the episode. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, he was basically trying to get other football players his headshot and resume because you never know if another football player is going to want to do another biopic. <laughs> he was super fun. They're all super fun, man. Everyone was really cool on it. But so, yeah, go ahead, Rob. Yeah. No, no. Uh, well, from there, I mean, well, I mean, we can, I but how about but. this? I can ask, cause you mentioned some names like Snoop Dogg and Weird Al. Yeah. They, they are known for doing cameos. I mean, I, I think just right. both of them just right. being on the Simpsons. So, did you even think like this is even a possibility? Like, how do you go about like or because other shows may well, have a, an Axl Rose type character and never get that voice? Because even sticking with The Simpsons, they got Michael Jackson to talk but not to sing. So, right? Uh, did you believe this could even even happen? And how did you? I mean, is it simple of just knowing people and knowing how to contact their management? And he was all up for the idea. Uh, Any? Did you have to persuade or he? Yeah, I guess going from there. I'll say this. I'll say this. I I don't think we ever thought it would really happen. And even after we got like, yep, he's coming. And yep, we're setting a date. And even when we showed up at their recording studio, I was still like, there's no way this guy's showing up. Um, So, no, I don't think we ever thought that it would happen. Not because you just, you know, because you never, because like you said, he'd never done anything. He hadn't done any kind of press or anything. He doesn't any new songs in years. And um, we had a woman who worked on the show who was a producer, and she just was pretty tenacious. And, and Matt Craig, the producer of the show, was a friend of ours. You know, he knew that we really wanted to do this and thought it would be fun, and I think he saw the value in it. And he, you know, he liked Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses, not as much as Rob and I, huh. and we're adult men, and we, you know, have posters of him up <laughs> for inspiration. Um, you and me, uh, me too. I don't know what to say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I think I think it was just a matter of we just kept wanting it and kept like kind of not fighting for it in a real fighting for it way, but everyone just kind of was like, well, let's just keep going. Let's just and we threw. We found that he had some. Um, manager of some sort who was not really involved with the music part of it, just kind of a a manager. And then that kind of got around. And the the thing about it is what helped is he was a Looney Tunes fan. Like he liked Looney Tunes and he has um, kind of a a personal manager who's also a big fan of it. And so I think that they kind of were like, well, let's try to find some time to do this. Now, that being said, two things had to happen. One, we had to push back that record a lot because they were on tour 
It didn't look like he was going to be able to do it. We had to get, we already had written it. Rob wrote that. Rob wrote, wrote that song. He wrote every lyric of Rock the Rock. Wow. We had this guy named Josh Funk who plays music, and he did the arrangements. Um, we had all this, and we had the scripts written, and we were ready to roll. And we kept thinking, like, yeah, it's going to happen, but it's going to have to be pushed back. It kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. We were talking about getting somebody else, which was kind of a bummer. Like, we could have, at one point, it seemed like maybe Steven Tyler was going to do it. Huh. And then we were like, oh, great. You know, he'd be amazing. And then it seemed like, but we still wanted Axel. We still kind of were like, great, if he can do it, you know. But let's just see what happens with Axel. Let's give him some more time. He's coming back from Europe soon. Like, we already, you know, we knew the tour schedule, so we knew when he'd be back in the States and for how long. And it just kept moving up, you know, kept getting a little bit further. And it seemed like he was going to do it and it seemed like more of a reality. And we got some emails from people and they're like, okay, but we have to see what it looks like. Did you show us like an animated version of him? And we did. And they're like, mm, yeah, it's great, but more how it actually looks now. And they were really detailed and really specific. And they were wanting like bandanas, certain bandanas on, a, on his leg a certain way. And he has, um, I guess, uh, his dog collars for the dogs that he's had in his life who's deceased. He has them on his uh, other foot. And we wanted he wanted those to be on there. So it was, as it kind of became more of like specific with the song, he, lo- he liked the song, he signed off on it. And, he, you know, we got these like kind of okays for the animation and then a full okay. And that's when it kind of started to, sink in but the whole time it's almost just like you know you just kind of you get a little nibble and you go whoa great and then another you jump a little bit further a little further a little further and then eventually you're like holy crap we're at the finish line we're here at the record and Axel just walked in the 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 building that's that's incredible that that really is and it wouldn't have been the same with steven tyler because he's somebody else who who, oh. who puts himself out there, and I'm an Aerosmith fan, but I mean he did American Idol. He's he's everywhere. He's playing Vegas now. Exactly. Uh, Axel yeah, was the right yeah. guy. He was the right guy, and that's that says so much about pushing and just getting that little nibble and getting the whole team to kind of will it in existence into existence a, a little bit. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. in, in, incredible. So uh, when he was there. Uh, what was that like? It was it just like a little recording studio? Did you guys get to? Because uh, of course, there's like those silly rumors, and I, uh, that you can't look them in the eye. Uh, you hear those rumors from back like in the '80s, uh, and they're always like dispelled by uh, anybody who really knows him. How nice of a guy he is. So, were you intimidated, or was he just well, super nice off the bat? Real quick, Rob, I'll let you tell the story. But the one thing about not looking him in the eyes. That didn't come from Axel. That's Rob Janis. Rob Janis refuses to let people look him in the eye. So, <laughs> right on. Uh, but go ahead, Rob. You can you can answer this if if because uh, I just talked like uh, uh, yeah yeah. Uh, what, well, you know, it was um, it was interesting. I mean, of course, we were nervous because you've heard he has this reputation, right? Sort of a, a bad boy and a you know a dude who you know. Is, is 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 late to concerts and throws things, uh, you know, and jumps into the crowd. That's and why he's cool. <laughs> exactly. That's why he's cool. That's why we like him. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's why he's the only one who could stop an asteroid because he's that you know That's powerful. Right. So you know, I, he came in and he, you know, I, you know, like you said, I mean, he couldn't have been nicer. You know, I think he he came in and he had a. Wiley Coyote T-shirt, <laughs> and uh, 
you know, we all shook hands. He, he went around the room. He introduced himself to everybody. And, uh, you know, of course, we, we, we had like a lot of people were there because they all wanted to hear, you know, him sing. And I mean, it, it was, it was us, I think and Matt and Josh and a couple other people. Um, so he was totally nice. Uh, you know, then he's like, you know, where do I go? He went into the booth and, uh, they start, we start with the dialogue first. And Can uh, I say one thing real quick? I'm sorry, Rob, hold on one sec. The one thing that is in the, that is Axel and ultimately Axel, um, and you know, why he is cool. And, uh, we always record at this studio in North Hollywood, which is not too far from the Burbank lot of Warner brothers. And we always record during the day. Cause you know, it's a job for people. <laughs> and, um, sure. And then <laughs> I think, I, and I don't know if this is rumor or true, but like, when we told him, like, be there at, like, you know, 9 or 10 o'clock, he assumed it was p.m., you know, without even, like, without, with, with no hesitation. So, you know, he's used to obviously recording at night. So that was a session where we moved, you know, it was just him in a booth with us on the outside of the glass and a couple other engineers. But that was we moved from a day <laughs> day to a night and i was happy as hell but right on. I, mean, I just thought that was hilarious that he's just like yep i'll be there at 9 p.m <laughs> he's on rock star time he's on axel time yeah, exactly. absolutely yeah exactly well and like kevin said i still don't think like, i didn't i didn't know if it was actually going to happen you know even even up to the very even we we went in and his manager was there and then i was like okay so the management people are here then he's probably going to be here um so they were there a good hour and a half before he showed up. Don't tell him that. They were there ready. <laughs> it was like an hour. It was like an hour. But what's for him, that's, that is early. I, mean, I was thinking it was going to be like one in the morning he was going to come and then we were all going to start. But it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was fine. And, and I think when they were there, it was like, okay, he's going to be here. Um, yeah. He rolled in and, you know, he went in and did his Super uh, cool. very cool, very <laughs> nice. Very cool. Yeah. Did he have to take a? Uh, were there a lot of takes? Because um, even when I do these podcasts, sometimes I, I'm like, I got to do that over again. I suck. So for someone like him who's not used to doing voiceovers like that, because he's he's great. He doesn't sound like a stiff. You know, he he doesn't sound yeah. like. I don't know. He, he's he. You believe him as a character in that world. It does. He doesn't seem yeah. out of place. If that makes sense. So. Was he? Is he a yeah. natural? Do you, or I guess take us through. Um, yeah, how many takes did it take <laughs> for him well, to, to get well, it? He went into the booth and he was. And honestly, I mean, when he was in there, I, I was like, I was like, kind of on edge. I was like, no one say anything. <laughs> it, it was like looking at Bigfoot. It was like if if you move, he's going to run away. <laughs> you know, because it was like this mythical, <laughs> this mythical dude who you never see do anything is now standing in front of you and he's about to do your script and your song. And you're like, no one, you know, mess this up. Right no now, one breathe. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. That's how I felt. I was like, I didn't relax until the whole thing was over, you know, but anyway, but your question. So he goes in and, you know, he's, he's, he starts, he does the line and I'm like, great, we got it. Move on. Don't mess with him. You know, but our, you know, our voice director who's a, you know, she's great. Uh, Colette, She's, she's like, I don't know, Axel. Can you put a smile on that? <laughs> and I'm like, this is, this is the, the baddest man in rock and roll. You can't ask him to put a <laughs> smile on it. But 
but he was he took direction like he he was on stage. He's like, yeah, okay, sure, I'll try. Um, Brilliant. And then she let that him. That is the one cool stage. thing. That, go ahead. Go that ahead. is the one cool thing about him, Sarah. The one cool thing about him is that he went in there, and here is the like arguably in my mind one of the biggest rock stars in the world, right? And yeah. he comes in, and he is uh, super nice, approachable, fun. He, you know, takes kind of shots at himself a little bit of like, oh, that didn't sound too good. No, he never really said that. He was not, but but he was, he was able to laugh at himself. And that was the coolest thing about it. And that's why you think like, oh man, the one of this dude is so successful and so cool because he could take direction, but still be himself. Like he wouldn't be like, whatever you want, whatever you need. You know, he was still Axel. He was still cool, but he took direction, which was amazing. You know, because like Rob said, we're like, lady. Do you know who this is? Like, do you know what's happening? Uh, she was great, and she knew, but she was a pro, too. So, you know, it was awesome. But the thing to, to, to like, some of the lines in the script, both Rob and I were like, oh, is he going to like this? Like, the kilt line, or even, like, I wrote it on my under, or I'm wearing this underwear, stuff like that. We're like, is he going to go for this? Because it's kind of self-deprecating, especially the kilt and mesh jersey thing. Right. And, and he brought it up. When he said... Can I say? Oh, you're going to say that when he when you say when he said that line. Oh, go ahead. How we reacted. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, he said that kill the mess jersey line. He he goes. He reads it like this. He's like, so I should go back to wearing a kilt and mess jersey on stage again. He kind of said it, and he looked at us like, what the hell? And both Kevin and I were like, no, nah, no, nah, you don't have to say it. You don't have to say that line. You know, you can change it. Say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. You know, he was, so he was very, was yeah, he was very nice. And like Kevin said, he was very self-deprecating. Like, he's like, no, I, I get what you guys are doing, and I'm willing to kind of take the piss out of myself a little bit. So that was really cool. I mean, hmm. he was, he got, you know, what the whole thing was about. He kind of, he kind of dug it. So that was, that was fun. That's too cool. Yeah. That is too cool. Yeah. How about the uh, the song? How much? Because that's Ooh. obviously a whole other animal. And as I mentioned yeah. before, uh, all those years ago, you know, uh, you, yeah. you can say how unique Axl Rose is. Uh, Michael Jackson was that much more unique, for lack of a better word. And he didn't sing. He just did the voice for The Simpsons. So to sing, that's, yeah. you know, you guys asked a lot of him so to do um a, a full two it was a what two plus minute song right yeah yeah I, well, i'll let rob go ahead, go ahead. walk you through that i'll let rob walk you that first right. he wrote it and 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 it's it's really his baby i mean i was there to be like that's a funny line or like that's not great but for the most part uh, you know the music even the music that was on that our music director josh did uh, still came from rob um a lot of it you know and so the one thing i will say is when Axel, and Rob, you could tell the story, but I'll just give the caveat of like, when Axel was giving his dialogue, he did that first, he was very open to suggestion and very self-deprecating and just like almost not on the, not on the heels, not on the, not his heels, but he was certainly like, okay, sure. I'm in your world. This is fun. I want to serve the script. I want to make it funny. I want it, I want this to be as good as possible. And you guys are kind of the experts in this area. So I'll be cool. But then when we went to record the song, this was what was so cool about Axl Rose. He went from being this kind of like guy on his heels and of like, whatever you want, I'm open, to when we started recording the song, he went to the balls of his feet, man. He's just like, I got it. And that's where you see like, holy crap, dude. 
this dude is amazing. Like, this is why he is who he is. But I'm sorry. So that, and Rod, you can walk through the specifics of it. But overall, that was my impression of, like, this guy's great. He's awesome. When he went in to record that song, when he started singing and, like, was going to produce that, that's when he was just like, wow, this guy's a genius. This dude is, he, that, this is Axl Rose. This is why he is who he is. All right, cool. Yeah. I mean, it was, but it was for us that we didn't, I mean, we knew that he signed off on the song, right? But we didn't know. I mean, honestly, you don't know a lot of what's, we don't know as the writers, a lot of what's going on. Even as, even our producer, Matt, didn't, he knew most of what was happening, but you know, you don't, you never know what's getting communicated because there's people, there's middlemen and it was through the management. So you don't know how much the person coming in sometimes to do the thing knows about what they're doing. So he said, all right, let's hear the song. So he put, basically he put the headphones on and, and we watched him listen to it. And then you're like, you know, in your mind, you're like, well, he could hate this. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, no, I'm not doing this. This is ridiculous. So and he listened to it once and it seemed like an eternity. And he's like, okay, okay. Can you play it again? And then we played it again. And he's like, okay, okay. Here's a, Sounds like you want me to do kind of like an ACDC thing here. So I can do that. I can do kind of an ACDC type of thing. Um, but what I'd like to do, and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you want. I mean, just do, you know, if you sing it, however, you can sing however you want. That's fine with us. And, uh, you know, you can do a Carpenter's version of it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, so uh, he's like, you know, so he's, he's, he goes like, play it again, play it again. And I'm, I'm just going to kind of sing along to it. So he... He he listened to it again, and he'd kind of like, you know, he'd sing uh, along to the song. So he'd be like, turn it up. He'd kind of mumble it, you know, a little bit. And then uh, he he eventually, he was kind of singing along to it as he went, right? So then our our, uh, our music director, Josh, was in there, and uh, <laughs> he goes, he's like, okay, I think I got it. And Josh is in there, he's like, yeah, you need anything? And he turns to Josh, and he goes, you can go now. <laughs> so he left. He left, and he goes, can we get the lights down a little low? And, he, and the lights were down. And, uh, you know, then he just, uh, he sang it in his, his high kind of, you know, Axl Rose voice, you know. So he sang it like ACDC, kind of the screamy version. And then he, uh, he came out, and he listened to it, and he's like, here's what I like to do. I want to do kind of like. A low version, a low voice, and then like a middle voice. And then we'll have that high voice on top. So I want to have like three layers. So he's like literally producing the the <sighs> record, basically. Huh. You know, like he's like, he's listening to it and he, he goes, so he goes back in and he sings like a low voice. Then he sings like a middle voice. So he's got like a 10 octave range. I don't know how many voices this guy's got. But he went in there and he, he basically recorded like uh, tracks for the vocals. So it was amazing. I mean, you're saying you can't, and everybody's just kind of, this is everybody in the room is like kind of just letting him run the show. And it's like, can't believe it's happening. And it's just not saying a word. I mean, is that a year member, Kevin? Yeah. Cause at this point, like it's so apparent to everyone. And I know I, I'm a fan and I sound like a fanboy, but I, I, to see someone who is an expert or a genius at what they do, like to see them do it, that was the coolest thing. I mean, like you see someone who's like, you know, a, 
whatever you whatever whatever their discipline is, whatever their chosen discipline is, whatever their profession is, to see someone in their environment and to see them just be like, this is what I do, and this is and he's so good at it. Like he was so like he knew like he he heard it and he's like I got it. He knew what he wanted. I mean, we're just throwing this at him basically on the fly. And this dude is like, boom. People are sometimes like, and, and, and I would get this maybe more when I was younger doing shows, and Rob, you would get it too. But sometimes when you're improvising, especially when it wasn't as prominent as it is now, people will come up to you after a show and be like, that was amazing. Did you write that stuff? You know, like, how did you think that so quick? And how did you do that? And, and it's, a, a, you know, it's great. You know, you're like, wow, that's really a, an ego stroke. But you're like, well, it's because I'm a professional and, and I'm, I'm, you know, one of the few people who can kind of do this. Like Axel is, when he was on, like he just took it over. And that's what you see. You see like someone and you, you're just like, wow. So everyone just kind of backed off because you, it wasn't even like, oh, this is Axel Rose. But you were just like, even if you don't know who this guy is, you'd be like, whoa, whoever this dude is, he knows what he's doing. Hmm. So that was super cool about it. That's just hey, listen. brilliant. Brandon, I'm sorry. Can we pause this for a sec? I got to hop off. I apologize. Rob will take you the rest of the way, but uh, I got to skedaddle out of here. No, Kevin, I appreciate your time. Uh, I appreciate what you're able to give, and uh, I'll, I'll finish up with Rob, and we'll, we'll talk soon when this episode is all polished and everything. That's great. Thanks, man. I had a great time. Thank you, Kevin, so much for your time. Bye, Kevin. All right, buddy. Talk to you, Rob. Bye. See you later. So we, we start with uh, Rob, and then we end with Rob. It's perfect. I know. <laughs> See, that's the beauty. And even, you know, to go off what you guys have been saying, even just like for this interview, you know, we set a time and I'm crazy. I'm like 30 seconds goes by. I'm like, are they going to call? Are they going to call? And it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with me and my chemical imbalance. It's just, just, you know, every time it's, I don't believe it happened until it happens. And even then, yeah. after we're done with this, I don't. I, I need to have it saved on my computer so it doesn't erase. Like, did I actually do this? Is this actually happening? So no, I, yeah, I, I'm the same way. So <laughs> I think it's brilliant, and you know, uh, you can relay the message to, to Kevin. I mean, I'll write him uh, on Twitter as well. The the passion from your. That's why I wanted to start with your your stories. That it's so awesome that Guns N' Roses fans wrote this. You know, that this was your, you know, your path, you know, to act and to write. It led you to this moment to to be a fanboy again, to, to, be, to live in your childhood, to be, you know, to represent what's all over your wall. You know, it's the, it's the same thing for me on my wall. I got pictures of Edward Scissorhands and, and The Crow and, of course, Guns N' Roses, things, you know, Ninja Turtles, things that remind me of my childhood. And it's amazing for me when my career path crosses where I get to interview some really amazing people, you know, you guys included. So to have that moment, for you, I, I, I don't know if, you know, I'd like to think you guys are still young and you're going to have such a long career that you'll have other wonderful moments. But this is just how special. I don't know if you can duplicate a, a moment, a career moment like this. So regardless, it's, if over. You can, it's over for us. But it's not even a matter of 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 topping it, uh, because you can still. No, I know. It's just the fact that you were able to, to your whatever path you you started on and will end up on, it led to that, which is so special, and 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 something you'll I'm sure you'll you'll tell your your kids about or your your friends ask you about. It's just uh, it 
it's just awesome and to hear how professional he was um the perhaps awkward moments we're trying to give him direction i think is just too funny because i'm the same way you know sometimes you just never know when someone comes on to interview them and i'm like are they in a bad mood like they agreed to do this like what do i like what's what's going on here um so and i and i i I wasn't going to keep you guys too much longer so i won't keep you uh uh too much as well is there anything uh else perhaps in that whole little adventure uh that you would want to share um maybe perhaps like the first time that he he did he do you know like he he watched it before it aired uh like what his response was when the product was all you know, finished and polished. I have no idea. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I, my impression, I guess, of him is that he he's a dude who just he tends to keep it close to the vest. You know, I mean, he strikes me, and this is just my opinion. You know, I, I have no inside knowledge, but he, and it's probably the opinions of I think a lot of you and your fans. Like he's he's just a dude who's very all, all about the music, and doesn't really he put it out there and whatever the response is 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 sort of the response i mean i think he i think he's probably i would i would hope i would hope that he's happy with how it turned out you know um i know that he you know i know that they he he had his own guy uh, mix the vocals i know that was a big thing for him i think he wanted he just wanted his own personal dude to mix the, the vocal section sure uh so that when he sent it so when the track was completely remixed uh that it that it had he had a say in that obviously i mean you know so that was important to him i mean the thing i think that i mean i'm i I, to be honest i hear you you talk about it and i i honestly feel very similar to the way you do like i mean this is a guy who you know obviously the, the chinese democracy took a long time to get released so i think in our heads we're like he took that long to do that and and the fact that he came in here and did this like in two or three hours and then just let it go out into the world it was it was too shocking huh to me and it, you know what i mean i just didn't think that that would happen oh yeah that's uh, something i didn't ask the the amount of time for so only two and three hours or two two or three hours that's wow yeah i think i think he was eight it was yeah it was about three hours you know and i and you know to, to what kevin was talking about earlier about someone who's really good at what they do i mean it, you you see it he he was just able to kind of like you know like like kevin was saying we've we've been saying this the whole time he listened to it for five minutes and then delivered like you know an amazing performance like he you know wrote this it's almost like he wrote it or you know been singing it for years you know and i think that's just because he's a pro you know i mean i remember we did a gig with it was something similar happened to us and we you get little la moments out here but we did a gig with uh, Ed O'Neill from Modern Family, and Mary with it was a benefit. Yeah, it was a benefit. Mary with Children. Yeah, Mary with Children. Al Bundy. It was a benefit for uh, for something. And he he was given an old Second City script to perform, and he it was the, and he, he he got it. You knew he just got it the day of, you know. And he went up and he hit like every little beat, every little word was perfect, every joke he nailed. It was just like a guy who you're like, well, that's why that dude's successful because he can take a script and make it come alive in five minutes. And I feel the same way about Axel. Like that's why he is who he is. That's why he's such a talented dude. He can take a song and make it sound like he's been singing it and make it come alive uh, in literally, 
you know, five minutes. So just incredible. And I really do appreciate both of you taking the time to to share that story because it's not just the mis it, it continues the mystery around this band and around Axl Rose and how it led to Looney Tunes is amazing so you know for someone like uh, you and Kevin to kind of open up and, and and tell us about the whole process how it happened you know it's it's really appreciated and you know thanks for writing the episode it's it, no in, in, in a way it, it and writing the song too it, it 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 fed us in, in a way. We haven't had a new song from Axel in a decade, and then we get Rock the Rock, and it just got it was very well received. And it's cool that he he mentioned the ACDC vibe because that was the vibe that I got, uh, which is yeah. fine with me. I was lucky enough to see Axel DC at Madison Square Garden. One of the uh, blue oh me. nice that must have been awesome. Honestly, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was just I I obviously I want Brian Johnson to be all healthy and happy. But I want to see Axel continue with ACDC. It was just, it blew me away. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that he was successful. He's successful in everything, whether it's joining yeah. another band or being in a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that, that merger of him and ACDC was pretty amazing. It was, it was amazing how perfect that was. I mean, I, I, I love Brian Johnson, too, and I, I was the same. I wish him health, and I'd love to see him back and those guys touring again. But it was something about... Axel and ACDC getting together that was just just a kind of a perfect marriage so and I know we were we were watching a lot of those you know and you, you can always YouTube those clips right and it, it was it, we were just, we were watching a lot of those at the time so I'm sure that that influenced me was when I was coming up with the melody and stuff and uh, okay. the lyrics so but oh, can I share one little funny thing please two more about the um, there was a moment where they were recording <laughs> we were recording he was recording the song, and I don't know, he'd just done the low part or something, or one of the vocal tracks. He's like, can I get a taco? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and like, what? What? Get him a taco. Get get him a taco. He wants a taco. Get him what he needs. Can I he's get like, a taco? all right, all right, we'll go get tacos. So one of his people went off, and they got tacos. And he came back, and then he's like, okay, I'm going um, to have a taco, and then uh, we'll come back, and I'll, I'll finish up. So he walked out to... Uh, and he, he and everybody's like, all right, well, we'll probably have like 10 minutes or something. So people are kind of milling about, going to the bathroom, going off, to, having a smoke break, whatever. He literally goes out into the hallway, takes two bites of the taco, goes right back into the, the recording booth and stands there with the headphones on, like, not saying anything, but like, he's ready. Okay, he's done. The break's over. The break's over. Get back in here. And get, stop. Get out of the bathroom. You know, it was like he he took like literally like a thirty second break. My and mouth started seeing again. My mouth is agape right now. I, I I can't even for a taco to have a couple bites of it. I mean, is he pregnant? Know, right? Like, is he having a, like a hankering for tacos? Wow, I, I think. No, I, I think. <laughs> I think he was just hungry. You know, I think he was <laughs> but I mean, I, it was just funny that the break was very short, and it was he was very focused. You know, he was like he would he he would come out of the booth and he'd listen to it back, and he you didn't you didn't really want to it was you didn't want to talk to him too much because he you felt like he was listening to the record, and you know he's recording an album, a song. You know, it was just it was and still even after you you know you would. You went home. You're like, did that even happen? Hmm. It was so like the, the the probability of it even going down. It was just one of those things, you know. Because, and like you said, you you um, you know, you have all these. We it was weird how we had these 
you have things that you want to make happen or dreams in your life. And obviously we, we have a lot invested in this and we wanted it to happen. We, and, and there were a lot of things we wanted, we wanted to happen on the show or even other projects we've been working on that don't always pan out. And so it was really rewarding when you, you put your energy towards something and to make something come to fruition and when it actually does. And it was uh, you know, like, it was the thanks to him for showing up and, all the people who worked on the show and you know it was really a fun experience um i mean i felt like i was there so i again i pre- thank you to uh to kevin and of course to to you rob for you know sharing your story and just being so creative and coming up with so, such funny lines that only a true guns and roses fan could come up with is so brilliant yeah. um oh, thanks. so i mean i can't ask kevin but i don't know if you're uh, can, is there anything that he's currently working? Okay, and of course, we'll get to you. Anything that he's currently working on that we can kind of promote and talk about? Let's see. Well, he's working on. We together we're working on a few projects. Uh, we're working on Lego City Adventures together. Right. We're writers on that. That's a Nickelodeon. I think it's going to air uh, uh, after, before or after SpongeBob. I'm not sure. Sweet. Uh, we've written on a bunch of Warner Brothers shows that are coming out. Uh, we've written that are, are currently running. Uh, we've written some Unikitties. That's a great show. We've written on, um, uh, of course, New Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry show. We've written some Tom and Jerry. Okay. We've written some Scooby-Doo's. So all, all those shows, um, you can check those out. Um we're also we're, we're in the pro, we're all, always creating new stuff and trying to sell new stuff. Uh, so we're doing that. We also, if you live in LA, you know, we do shows at Second City Hollywood with a show called Mr. Johnson, and we do that at the, also at the uh, Fanatic Salon in Culver City. And uh, I do a show called Deep Dish at Second City Hollywood that's great with stand-ups and stuff. This is all LA people, though. If people from around the world want to fly to LA and see us, we'll gladly regale you with Axl Rose stories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it is. I mean, you know, I mentioned earlier that uh, I, I had a, my last co-host was from India. So we have uh, all over the different countries, but we have plenty, of course, because we're talking about a Hollywood band, listeners from uh, California and L.A. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you had some uh, listeners of this show pop in to say hello. Uh, so you can yeah. follow uh, Kevin Fleming uh, on, on Twitter at Kev J Fleming. He's the one that says his bio says actor, writer, farter. So, uh, that's, fan- <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> He's an amazing farter. He's an amazing farter. I mean, the only way to be. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. that Rob Janice on, on, on Twitter as well. And I just really, again, I can't thank you both enough for your time and sharing the story and, and the passion that you clearly have for your craft and, you know, just for being a Guns N' Roses fan. So, uh, ex- please extend the invitation to Kevin as well, but you're always welcome back uh, to talk more about Guns N' Roses. Uh, if you can, you can play my co-host for a day. If there's any, you know, if we're if we can both interview somebody together, because um, you speak my language, Guns N' Roses and cartoons, so uh, we're cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having us. It was really fun to to talk about. Uh, the show, and uh, we're big fans of your show. We've listened to some other episodes, and oh, cool. I'll be listening to more. So thanks a lot, Brandon. Really appreciate it. Oh, that means a lot, Rob. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. You have yeah. a great day. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Tacos. Oh, Axel. I mean, that is, I feel like this episode, this interview is exactly what I want this podcast to be. We got such a great Axel Rose story, right? 
and we we heard from these two guys and we heard about their life and how it just led them to have this incredible experience with a hero of theirs and we just we got great stories nothing you know I'm not out there trying to get dirt on anybody or you know uh bad stories I guess you know anyone to, to make anyone uncomfortable things that maybe uh, the band or Axel doesn't want to share or the management doesn't want to share. But that was a wonderful story. It showed his professionalism. It had it, it, there was hints of, you know, just the humor of it all that these guys are looking at Axel, maybe like a lot of us do, that we, you know, this legendary figure that we hear, we've heard all these rumors, uh, true or false, over the years, uh, you know, being late or can't look in the eyes. But how many people do we talk to that say how nice Axel Rose is? And it's not even just Rob and Kevin. You know, when we spoke to Roberta Freeman, who was on the uh, you know the road with him for a, a few years with User Illusion, it's all been great stuff. So this is just another example of trying to humanize these larger-than-life figures because that's what we all are, essentially. I'm not saying anything too profound that we're all human. Uh, I remember, I mean, I, I guess I, I've had to mature into believing that because I, I remember my very first interview ever on radio, which you may or may not remember me talking about, and that's with Bumblefoot. Uh, this was in Cape Cod years ago before Chinese Democracy came out, and I was just so happy to talk to somebody in Guns N' Roses, and it's my first radio interview ever, you know, I'm in my early 20s, and I'm like, what is it like to work with Axl Rose? And I'm just like... You know, even more of a fanboy than I am now. You know, I was I was still green. I was still learning, uh, just out of college. And he's like, we're just flesh and blood. You know, he's just just like you and me, flesh and blood. And I didn't. I knew what he was saying, what Bumblefoot was saying to me at the time, because it's it's true. We're all flesh and blood. But in the the society that we create across all, all over the world, which is why I love talking to people from India and Croatia. In 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 you know, Canada, in Australia, all over, uh, where all of you are, are from, is that we're all kind of the same. We're all human, and how do we get to the these the path? You know, uh, we can go we can go the the bad path. We can hurt ourselves. We can hurt other people. We can maybe not be as successful as we want to be, or we can just be this other level of just stratosphere of. Axel Rose is going to be known well after he dies. He is a legacy icon. Guns N' Roses, they are a legacy iconic band that will exist forever. I mean, I can't say forever. I don't know what's going to happen in a million years. Maybe this planet will blow up, probably. But how did he get to that place? And to know, again, that, yeah, Axel, and we knew as GNR fans that we— that uh, they start out with the Looney Tunes theme song, um, which I always thought was great, but that being the catalyst and uh, to make this all happen, and Axel wanting to be a part of it because he's such a big Looney Tunes fan and has comes with a Wild E Coyote T-shirt, and he, it's like <laughs> it's like going to a Guns N' Roses concert wearing a Guns N' Roses T-shirt. By the way, I know. Oh, don't be that guy who wears the band of the shirt, uh, the shirt of the band to the show. You're gonna wear the shirt of the band. You're gonna go see. Don't be that guy. Uh, that uh, that's from PCU. That movie. I don't understand. I never understood that logic. It's like going to see a sports team. 
If I'm going to go see the Yankees, I'm wearing a Yankee jersey. I'm rooting on my team. So that's what Axel essentially did. He wore, you know, his Looney Tunes jersey, uh, so to speak, to go be in Looney Tunes. And that's awesome. Uh, and he, But he has all the right to the privacy that he wants. Uh, I also want to make sure that's that's clear, too. He doesn't owe us any behind-the-scenes stories. But for someone who is at that level and has accumulated the fans uh, and that he has and the influence that he has on, on people and other bands and artists, these little nuggets, these, these stories help people. I think that's really cool. I mean, Axl Rose is... He needed to have a taco in the middle of an audio session? Please. Like, I haven't done that. Like, I haven't been extremely hungry in between, you know, doing radio shows. It happens. He's human. And to hear that kind of stuff, I think, is just it's just too cool. It's just too cool. And I can't thank, again, Rob, uh, Janice, and Kevin Fleming enough for, for taking the time to talk to us. This, um, I, I feel like every episode is, like, my new favorite. And right now, I feel this uh, episode 126 is my new favorite. Just amazing. Just amazing. So we're going to see where this podcast goes. Just like I, we know that Kevin and Rob had no idea their careers would lead them to writing cartoons that involved you know, Axl Rose and Snoop Dogg and Weird Al. I had no idea my career would lead down this path. No idea. And it's great. So let's keep it going. You help it keep going. So I have no idea where this podcast is going to keep going. Every episode surprises me. So let's keep it going. You help me with that. So remember, please, uh, no matter how you listen, just make sure you follow and subscribe on the iHeartRadio podcast, on SoundCloud, on Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, we have still episodes on YouTube. I know we got to get caught up on the episodes on YouTube, but, uh, of course, uh, you can still find everything uh, on iTunes as well. And if you ever any have any uh, trouble with the uh, getting an episode, just DM me, and I'll gladly send you the uh, the audio or the link or however to make it work. Uh, Facebook.com slash the AFD show or on Twitter at the AFD show. And Twitter's amazing. That's how I set up this interview. Like like Dave Perner, you know, I, I went the route of emailing the publicist and that you know a professional legit way, but sometimes. Social media works, and you guys work too. You guys make this possible because I, I know you are. I couldn't ask for a better producer than my listeners of the AFD show. You guys are great producers and, of course, great co-hosts. So more opportunities to to hear great unheard Guns N' Roses stories, Axl Rose stories, and for you to interview some of your, your favorite people. I'm going to continue to give you because you continue to give me a great platform. That makes me happy. <laughs> anyway, that, I'll end on that uh, corny note. Uh, that does it for episode 126 of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next episode? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. No! Fuck it! security, I'm going home.